and welcome to Zing This, read this slash watch this edition. Yes. So today's topic is going to be on the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is based on the series of graphic novels Scott Pilgrim. And I'll go over each of them in a second after we finish explaining just some of the fun stuff. So of course, you've got me, Zinger. And I'm Ellie. And I guess we should just start off with what's our opinion of the Scott Pilgrim phenomenon or or the Scott Pilgrim, I guess, um, I don't want to say subculture. Uh, it has a definitely Oh, a, the, the Scott Pilgrim cult following yes, that it has. Cults. There we go. I would say it's a cult following. So what's your opinion of it, Ellie? I love it. I think it's very smartly done. Um, just all the, you know, each, each X having the number mm-hmm. on them and, um, just, just the way they incorporate the video game stuff in there mm-hmm. into real life. And it's just, I, I thought it was, like I said, it's very, it's very intelligent movie. It's, it's great. It's very smart the way they, they did everything. It's, um, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of, of the whole video game genre and comic book genre, it's a nice mix of of both kind of styles together. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I like it. Okay, so before we get into this too deeply, we are mainly focusing on the movie yes. portion of it. I will be discussing, however, at moments, stuff from the comics when mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. Um. So just to familiarize, I'm, I mean, we, we did say to do both, so... So by all means, we, we may take a deeper dive into the comics or graphic novel per portion of the Scott Pilgrim world someday. But as it has been pointed out, there is everything from movies to comic books to TV stuff. They had a few little Scott Pilgrim vs. the Animation to video games. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a wide gambit that covers this Scott Pilgrim stuff. So I would just like to point out real quick that I have read both the books... I've played the, I mean, I've, I've read all the books, I've played the game, and I've watched the movie, and I've watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the Animation. So, I became very well versed in the world of Scott Pilgrim. So, Ellie, not trying to put you on the spot here with this, mm-hmm. but what is your familiarization with the universe of Scott Pilgrim? Uh, well, I've played the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read some of the books. Okay. Not all of them. And I've watched the movie several times. All right. Yeah. So we keep bringing up the comics or the graphic novels. Right. So just to give a quick rundown of them, there are six in total, six Mm -hmm. volumes in total, and they are named as such. Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is, of course, where the movie gets its namesake from. Right. Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness, Scott Pilgrim gets it together. Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe, and then Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour. And those are the, like I said, the six volumes that this movie does focus on. Now, this movie had an interesting development as well. It was being developed basically almost after the first volume came out. It, it, it was picked up very quickly for development. So the ending of the movie and the ending of the comic were kind of being written and done simultaneously. Well, a lot of things, and a lot of things from the movie inspired inspired the later volumes as mm-hmm. well. So, so it's very interesting, and just want to point out that these were written by Brian Lee O'Malley, who, who also I know was very very heavily involved with the with the making of the movie. So, I guess we should start discussing the movie since since that's why everyone we told everyone to watch it. So we we better start discussing yeah. it soon. And and I just kind of wanted to mention too, um, or you can mention the timeline of the books versus. The yes, movie. I was going to get into that real quick. Yeah. So the books take place, and I know that that you know we're not going to try to do a you know comparison between <laughs> right. the two, but I will, like I said, bring There'll up certain little, yes, exactly. certain little tidbits from one to the other, but the books take place over about a year's worth of time mm-hmm. so that's just giving you an idea of you know the time scale that they deal with in the books right whereas the movies events seem to transpire over probably maybe a week at the most so just just for a quick comparison there there's there's something that, that's kind of interesting and it kind of like i said we'll, we'll discuss you know certain aspects of that as we get into this mm-hmm. so 
I guess we should start with, you know, the movie now, finally. Yes. So it was, it came out in 2010, so, and I, like I said, it, it's, it's relatively, well, I guess it's getting kind of old now, it is 2017 now. Right. But, um, no, it was one of those movies, I, I enjoyed the opening, it was the 8-bit version of the Universal theme, so I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Um, and, and as Ellie said, it is very video game referential during it. Yes. It has a lot of, um, I guess you could kind of say Deadpool-esque cutaways at times. That I mean, I know Deadpool is a newer thing, but it has kind of that fourth wall breaking aspect of there's stuff that happens where you have like little word bubbles come up or little stuff that kind of a fourth dimension breaking stuff that kind of alter reality alter reality sort of moments too so it's well you do have the travel through subspace there's that which so. is um which is mentioned in the in the movie as well so there's mm-hmm. that i mean it's it's kind of one of those things to where i feel like this movie was sort of nerd culture how, how i guess every geeky nerdy kid kind of wanted to imagine their their, their life was like with you know power-ups and you know well stuff it, like that it kind of mixes different games too because you've got like the extra lives like yeah. in the mario days you got coins from various games right and then you've got you know plus five charisma and mm-hmm. plus this and that and that's more of a role-playing element type thing that you, yeah. you get when you add buffs and you know when he gets the sword and you know so so yeah it mixes it mixes a lot of different genres of games so we're introduced to scott pilgrim who is our um main character and everything <laughs> and his little right. band sex bomb yes who has um kim pines on drums steven stills as the guitarist and scott as the bassist and he brings his new girlfriend who is knives chow yep along for the for like a rehearsal they do mm-hmm and his girlfriend, it is pointed out... A jam session. It, it is pointed out at, at nauseum that his girlfriend is still in high school and is 17. And Asian. And Asian. And it's Has one of those... Has a schoolgirl outfit, so yes. yes. <laughs> so, so, they, so they give him a hard check, time about... Check, check, check. <laughs> about that. And it's... And that's, that's something that, once again, is pulled over from the comics. And something I really liked in the comics that they do in the movie, when they introduce people, they have like their little stat thing beside yes, them. Yes, I love that. Like, like, like their age and certain things like that. So that's something that keeps coming up in both. The, the comic kind of had it in almost every volume, and they changed slightly. So it was really funny to see how they changed from volume to volume. From volume to volume, like they were leveling up. Yeah, well, well, just 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 different, you know, little attributes of each of them. Right. So we're sort of introduced to to Scott Pilgrim, who's a slacker, who's kind of, you know, just hanging out with uh, with knives and everything. And, and the best roommate ever. Yes, and and he <laughs> he we're introduced to his his house, which is basically like a barely one bedroom apartment. Yeah, that's kind tiny. of his little hole in the wall. Literally, even almost. though it's not his, it, it isn't his. It's actually his roommate <laughs> Wallace, who, which in the movie they do a great job of, like Wallace's chair, Wallace's bed, <laughs> and that is something that is carried over from the comics. And it points out that the um, that the poster, the 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 less than classy poster is Scott's, mm-hmm. and it points out that everything else is Wallace's. Right. So I, I thought I thought that was very cool that that carried over, and everything, but um. But it kind of goes from there to where he he meets Ramona, um, and really at a party, and you know, really wants to get to know her and everything. Well, he dreams of her first. Well, they actually explain it in the movie as well as in the comic. He actually has a subspace bypass that goes through his head, and it cuts down on her travel time a lot. So that's why he dreamed of her, is because she's able to access this thing called subspace, which mm-hmm. is really not explained that much in the. It's kind of explained. In the movie, but they explain a little bit more in the comics, and it's yeah. a big plot point in the comics. But like I said, this is not it kind a, of just exists in the movie. Yeah, it's they basically really... it's her way of traveling from point A to point C by skipping point B. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense, it's it's sort of that's 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 the easiest way in the movie to sum it up. Right. And he he meets her and every he goes to a party, meets and talks to her. And then proceeds to go home and order something off of Amazon.com because she knows that she delivers and she gives. He eventually does get her phone number and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's seven X's on there, which is important. Seven evil. Well, he doesn't know that. It's just seven <laughs> X's on there. And he just thought they were like little kisses. 
Right. And Wallace does point out at one point in the movie that that, that does stand for her seven evil ex-boy... Ex, exes. 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 We'll, we'll get to that because... Because they do keep pointing yes. out that someone says you're your evil ex-boyfriends and everyone keeps correcting him for a while on exes. And it is pointed out later. But we're let's 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 just jump let's, ahead because let's, let's go to the first ex. Yes. Alright, so the first ex 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 is Matthew Patel. Yes. And he is introduced during a battle of the bands that mm-hmm. they are at. And music is a very important part of this movie. Right. What did you think of a lot of the music that, that was in this movie? Because this is where we're first introduced to the music aside from their little jam sessions. Well, I mean, it's typical of that, like, high school slash soon out of high school garage band kind of feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... All right, so an interesting thing is... Oh, well, Beck wrote all of oh. the sex bombs And I know that a lot of other um, artists did help with this. That was really mm-hmm. cool that they actually, you know, got the songs and everything. And and I thought that was interesting. But a thing we did skip, though, is when he's ordering that... Um, is when he's on the computer earlier, he does get an email from um, Matthew Patel. Right, and he che- ignores it. it. He basically is reading it. Yes. And he is so bored reading it that he doesn't even finish it. But then, um, basically, Matthew Patel smashes through the ceiling and begins to fight him. And it's kind of explained by, you know, Wallace and everyone else around what's going on. Because Scott has no clue, and a lot of other people don't. That right. he's basically having to fight her first boyfriend... To earn her love, to earn Ramona's love during this. Mm-hmm. And you get a little, um, I like the way you get a little peek into Ramona when she explains, like, how <laughs> she met each one of them. The little animation thing? Yes. That is page for page from the comic, yes. almost. So, it's, I think that's really, really cool the way you, you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, who was the bad person in this situation and, you know, was she really that that mean to everybody or what like why does she have these this group but i I thought it was neat that scott first realizes um that these people have some of them have powers yes mattel does much much like bosses in 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 games too Mm -hmm. so um just something to point out real quick when i said that it's taken straight from the comic. It is literally comic panels from the comic when it flashes back. So that's mm-hmm. just something I just wanted to make sure to explain that real quick. Right. So that was... So so he wins that fight, and it's kind of explained... And I love his little demon... His, demon his little chicks. demon hipster girls and yes, everything. So um, I guess we could talk about the fight real quick. The fight was really cool because it is taken... The fight in the comic happens a little bit differently, but as I've said, I'm not gonna, yeah, not gonna I'm not gonna delve into that. But I think the way that they did it in the movie worked really well, and it looked really cool, and it was very um, video w- gamey the whole yeah. time too. And I was impressed how um, I mean, because I'm just saying, like, if I started dating somebody and they had evil exes, mm-hmm. like Scott jumps right on in there. Yeah, like I was pretty impe- impressed by the way he. <laughs> He he did his share of stuff too, and not knowing that it was coming, I was I was impressed that he could do that. Now, I like I said, I like the fight. He he kind of everyone explodes into change too. Yes, it, and it is, gets bigger throughout the yes, movie. Each which, each evil X, it's more money. Which is just kind of funny. It's just kind of a little once again video game yes. nod because we haven't pointed out enough that this is very video gamey. Yeah, and and just. And just to point out, too, really quick, so we can reference it later, is um, Knives passes out. Yes. So she does not witness this fight. That is something that, that, that is very important, is that he doesn't really break up with Knives, per se. Mm-hmm. He keeps being told to. Wallace yeah. actually keeps telling him. That you need to break yeah. it off with Knives. If you're going to be interested in Ramona. Ramona. So yeah. So that's so that's something that's that's kind of interesting in there because, I I mean, do you think Scott Pilgrim? I guess we could get into this later. Yeah, we'll get into this later. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I guess we got to move on to the Lucas Lee. Yes, Lucas Love Lee, it. who who I I would like to make some 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 kind of super nerd level connections real quick. Lucas Lee in the movie is played by Chris Evans, Captain America. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, he has stunt doubles that actually fight for him at one point. Yes. Those are his actual stunt doubles. 
Chris once Evans. Again, Chris Chris Evans' actual stunt double. Once again, such a smart movie. Like yeah. it's just so cute the way it does everything. And he he has and and all of the um the characters have different little nods to what number they are. Yes. Lucas Lee points with two fingers all the time. Matthew Patel points with one, and he has one eye covered. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nods to each. To I'll, number, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll try to get get each number, even though there's uh, the twins later on that are a little bit more complicated. Right. To do that with in the movie, but Lucas Lee is an actor and <laughs> basically like one of the biggest action stars. And I thought it was very funny that Wallace is obsessed with him. Yeah. Which, which is kind of funny. Right. And I thought it was really meta where he is threatening threatening Scott. Through the TV, like yes. like like there, there's that scene where he's well, on the and phone. He's, and he's in town filming yes. a movie, so that's why he's in close proximity. Yeah. Yes. So he basically um, th- threatens Scott and kind of attacks him and beats him up and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, it basically, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of just going to jump to the end of this one. Yeah. Because he basically grinds a giant rail that's supposed to be like impossible to grind on a skateboard. Well, Scott is really good about using his wits yes. to outwit these people. So he, he realizes that some of these people he is not going to be able to physically beat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like the way for, for you know, Lucas is he's like, you know, I'm not going to be able to beat this guy, but I'm going to play on his ego. Yes. You know, and, you know, basically challenge him. To do this thing, you know, grind down this impossible, <laughs> it's ridiculously long and um, and everything, but yes, so I it, like it's, that. It's a rail that basically goes down through yeah. this park and everything, and it's really funny because it does have like a speed thing that's counting up how fast he's going. Yes. And he does wreck and... Explodes. Yeah, and coins. basically explodes into a ton of coins and everything. Yeah. So that so, so that part's really funny and everything how that kind of happens and he's he, he's kind of upset and everything that, that he didn't get his autograph. But then um Ramona pieces out kind of really quick mm-hmm. after that. And they kind of she feels bad. Yes. But there is something that we should talk about before we talk about the third evil X. Oh, I can't wait. I love the third evil X. So Scott also has some baggage. Now it's been yes. pointed out that yes, Ramona does have baggage. Scott does too, in mm-hmm. the form of Envy Adams, who is his previous ex. And they delve a lot more into it once again. I'm not trying to do a compare and contrast, but they don't do dive into it a little bit more in the comics. A lot more actually in the comics. But in the movie, she is not to be named. She is somebody who's not to be brought up. And I'm kind of wanting to point out a few things here at this moment. You're introduced to Scott's sister, who I I find extremely funny. And a lot of people who might have seen this might recognize her because she is also in... She's in Pitch Perfect for any of you fans of that. Yay! Of that. She's Scott's sister. She's she's in the movie enough. Right. She's in just the right amount. So I, I thought that she was a good, you know, sister to Scott and everything and everything like that. So the band is going to go watch a show, and it's it's the Clash of Demon Head, which is Scott's ex, Envy Adams, who I'm I'm gonna point out once again another super nerdy thing here. Envy Adams is played by Brie Larson. Now, for anyone who's in you know the comic books and everything, here's another connection to a superhero. She is going to be Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Or Miss Marvel, aka Carol Danvers. So just just another kind of weird connection there. But before we get to that, there's one more character I wanted to mention, uh, Julia. Um, his one, um, I guess, friend, the one whose party we went to, and she yeah. works at the co- She like works everywhere yes. in the, like she works at the the music store, at the coffee shop, and there. And it was really funny because this this movie, of course, was rated PG, thirteen. So they couldn't have too much cussing. But what they did with the cussing was they actually had like a black bar and everything go across her mouth. And I just, I just thought that, that 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 was really cool because well, Scott actually it references it. Yeah, he goes, how like, do you keep doing that with right. your mouth? Yeah. So they go to the show and everything. And Scott's freaking out because, you know, it's his ex who like completely, quote unquote, destroyed him. Right. But also there's another ex there. Yes. 
Okay, Ellie's excited because this is. I'm excited. This is her one of her favorites. It is one of my favorites for sure. All right, go for it. So this is Todd Ingram, and Todd is who Envy leaves Scott for. Dun dun dun. Yes. So we have a whole bunch of, and he's the basis of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, and since Zinger keeps pointing out all these superhero references, oh. Um. Brandon Roth is actually, he played Superman. Yes, in Superman Returns, and also Adam in the Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So he, there's, we got two for superheroes. Yeah, there, I know. <laughs> but he is the third evil ex. Yes. And he is pretty awesome mm-hmm. because he has vegan powers. Yes. Psychic vegan powers. Not fully really explained super well in it. It kind of just gives him sort of telepathy and super strength and just kind of... Well, and and this is another one that Scott has to use his wits. Because, let me just tell you, it's it's pretty one-sided. Well, well, before we get into the fight, there's a few cool references I wanted to point out Mm -hmm. that are both in the comic... And in the movie, in the movie, in in it, in both, he does punch the moon to show his love for Ramona. Right. Which, if you see the moon, you do notice that it does have a giant crater in it. This is interesting because if you're a fan of a certain anime called Akira, this might be familiar to you. I misspoke. I meant the manga Akira. Because I'm sure a lot of you are sitting there going, wait a second, that never happened in that movie. Because it actually happened in the manga, which the manga actually, the movie and the manga for that are completely different. But it is taken frame for frame from the manga where he goes up and punches it. So that's just really cool for any of you anime fans. If you read the Akira anime and the part where he punches the moon, it's basically the same thing. Well, and Envy gets jealous too when she, because she thought that, he punched the moon for her only, yes. but he had actually punched it for Ramona first. Yes. So that causes a little bit of craziness. And the number three is on his shirt. Yes. And he also punches the highlights out of Knives' hair. <laughs> Which is different than the the, the comic book, but... Oh, oh, you do you got this one covered? Well, in the comic book, the, um, the guitarist... Drummer. Sorry. Um, in the comic book, the drummer actually punches the highlights out of the hair with her robotic arm (laughs) and there's a whole nother b story i mean like c story with um which they with 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 those characters that that doesn't really get involved with the drummer and everything she's more involved (laughs) in the and she is in the movies she's she's in the background standing against which is frame which is taken frame for frame from the comic of that scene she is Mm -hmm. in the same spots and everything which this this movie does a fantastic job of transitioning from comic to well using the reference yeah obviously using the same angles and everything here's something else interesting i just want to point out though we're referencing all the numbers Scott is normally wearing a shirt that says zero or some some kind of weird numbering with him, too. So I know in this fight, he definitely has the zero mm-hmm. on. So, and, and also, I think we should really quick point out one other thing about Todd. He is the bassist for the band. Yes. So him and Scott get into, get into a fight that is obviously very one-sided. Well, they start out physical first. Yes. Um, and he just, yes. Completely one-sided. Gets his butt whipped. And obviously, Todd is not the best when it comes to, you say, speaking at times. <laughs> right. So there's there's a lot of, he'll, he'll say stuff and he'll oh make like... Oh my gosh. The joke that he said with the maid and on Friday you, you know Monday. what? I, I really enjoyed that joke because it was one of those, the joke was bad. He then explained the joke right. and then continued to explain. It was one of those, I found it got funnier the longer it took for the joke to finally just get over and done with. Yeah, and everybody's just kind of like, um... You know, it, and it's funny the way Envy felt like she had to, like, jump in and, you know, make side comments about, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it was just, it, the way she just, was trying to support him was just kind of comical. Um, and, and so Scott tries to outwit him, um, but he's like, I'm going to challenge him to a base off, which was a a mistake as well. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> you know, he starts flying, like, he, I mean, levitating, and um, you can just tell that he's going to get his butt kicked in the, in the base competition as well. So... Gets thrown through multiple yes. walls again. So, and it's, um, the vegan police are well, my heroes. Well, this is an interesting, I guess, would it, would it be a callback to, I guess, Princess Bride, sort of? Would you say the whole, that, that he put half and half in both? Oh, are you talking about, oh, what, with the poison with, Yeah, thing. with the poison. I See, I'm, I, I kind of got that vibe because there's a point where he... Where he has cups of coffee. Right. And he offers it to Todd. And Todd can, of course, read his mind. Because vegan powers. Why not? And he... Scott tricks him by just thinking really hard that he put the half and half in one cup. And can I just point out... How the crap did those cups of coffee survive? Him getting thrown through the table of... Thrown through the table. But there happens to be two regular cups with coffee available he's able to put him. a half and a half yeah in. it's amazing so so, so he basically <laughs> he basically tricks todd by right. base i he puts half and half i think in both or he just focuses on one really hard right sorry i'm, I'm getting it mixed up with princess bride now because in that it, it is <laughs> it's a good movie to get things it, it is it is but but there's there's that and the vegan police basically show up yes and that 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 scene to me was just really funny oh my gosh they, i loved it and because he and yeah and and Todd's like um don't I get like three strikes multiple chances yes exactly and then they explain that that he had like a few other things I think it's chicken he, chicken parm yeah and he's like yes and 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 then chicken's he's not like, vegan <gasps> you know like oh my gosh so he gets depowered <laughs> and Scott basically headbutts him and we all know that if you had vegan powers and you lose them your hair just immediately yeah. goes flat of course yeah yes so he, he gets the power <laughs> and then headbutted and i i i thought that scene was really funny yes. um so once again using his wits yes he used his wits there and mm, kind of going to take this moment to once again say this is very different from what happens in the comic even though certain elements are the same their fight in the comic is actually a little different and has similar beats to it so definitely check it out they, they both work in their own thing mm-hmm. so i guess we will move on to number four yes and number Roxy. four yes now she was alluded to both in the comic and in the movie earlier on now well he first meets her in like a alley alleyway and he's yeah. like i am not in the mood yeah scott scott meets her and he's like <laughs> i'm not go. in the mood um Roxy, before we get into talking about her fight and everything, is played by Mae Whitman. Now, this is fun in the fact of, if you know Michael Sarah, he, of course, was in Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. She was as well, and she was the one that everyone kept referring to as her in the show. So, I just thought that was a nice, funny connection. Once again, this movie, very culty, very self-referential, very yes. humorous in the fact of... The, the one female that, 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 that Roxy dated is referred to, I mean, is the character in another show just called her. Right. So, I, she, she does have a name in Arrested Development and everything. I just, they, everyone just calls her her. Anyways, getting to her in the movie, though. Mm-hmm. So, this is, this is a very funny scene. So, so they go, yes. and she is, and she's the fourth one. She, she's number four on the list. So, he's, so he's almost halfway through now. Right. And... He, he's, it's basically, it's later that night after Todd and him and, him and Ramona sort of have a discussion about the whole situation. And it is continued to be pointed out to Scott during this conversation that it is evil exes. Because he keeps on saying boyfriends and she keeps on correcting him saying exes. exes. And they get in a fight at the club and the club is called Four. She has four slices on her shirt and there's several other Four references in there, but... Um, I guess Ramona's kind of fed up too because mm-hmm. she decides to fight during this. Well, and um, Scott is starting to show his um his douchebaggery. Yes, because um, they they do start to have. You, you wanna you wanna have that discussion now, real quick? Oh, we can if you want. Okay, Scott, in my opinion, is a likable character. Right. For a good chunk of the movie. Right. But 
He definitely has his flaws. He has his flaws. And he's hurt people himself. Yes. He's hurt people. Kim is pointing out that he hurts because it is pointing out the Mm -hmm. drummer and him used to date. And it's always a very awkward thing when it's brought up. Mm -hmm. Um, Julia, of course, points out, you know, all these people that, you know, he's been with and, you know. And broken their hearts and everything, and vice versa. And she warns him not to... Um, yeah, mess with Mar- Ramona. Right, exactly. And everything. And it's just, he he is a likable character, but I feel like he has to, for him to truly grow by the end of the movie, he has to be somebody you don't like 100% the right. entire way through the movie, which I thought was an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And the comics are the same, but they get into it a lot deeper. There's a lot more deeper stuff that happens in the comics. Right. Like, like I said, I'm not... I keep saying this, but I'm not trying to do a compare-contrast. It's just it is very interesting that they carried that over and did, I think, a good job of still portraying that he really wasn't wasn't that likable at certain points in the movie, which is perfectly fine. And he's oblivious to that. Yes, he really just doesn't. He doesn't see why he's such a bad person. Exactly. Exactly. So. The Roxy fight is very interesting because Ramona does get involved in that. Well, he doesn't want to hit a girl. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so she after ha- he has the realization that oh this oh is- yes 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 so so it that's is very well done. It is um pointed out that they that, that they did have a relationship with each other and it was really unique how it was done in the movie and and it just kind of zoomed in on his head and mm-hmm. it like flipped a little arrow over that says that he got it and he finally right. figured out that that Ramona did date a chick at one point and that it was that's, her experimental face <laughs> and that that was of course why she kept saying my evil exes Correct. and not my evil ex-boyfriends yes so i thought that was um that was a funny little joke there and the whole fight was kind of funny because eventually she well we're, we're, we gotta goes keep to, it um we're gonna try to keep it pg oh I, I was i was i was gonna I was say you saying. know you know, Ramona was using him like a rock'em sock'em robot right. by like, yes. you know, trying to get Scott to punch him. She also used her iconic hammer, mm-hmm. which was which was very fun during that fight. Yes, but mm, basically they subdue. I, I guess sub- subdue or kind of beat a finger to the back of the knee. Yes, Ping. which is <laughs> Ping. which which is interesting. But yes, yes, she is defeated there. He finishes her. Off. off. There we go. We'll there. just leave it at that. He finishes Roxy off. Yes. All right. So after that, some stuff happens, and you know, character development, which we which we kind of discussed a minute yeah. ago with you know, not not everyone's likable in this, but the band, of course, Sex Bomb is still going strong and gets challenged to another another gig, which apparently a guy named Gideon is supposed to be at. Who Ooh. that that name has been dropped in the past and everything. Yeah, and it has some significance, but it's, once again, Scott's oblivious, so he hasn't really figured out why. But they have to go up against the Caddy Nagy twins. At the same time. Yes. So this isn't like they perform first and then the other people perform next. It's like simultaneous yes. kind of competition. It's one of those, there's stages on each side. Yes. And they have to go against them. I know that we've referenced some of the numbers stuff in this one. There is references to the numbers. I'm just not going to get into that on this one because since it's... Kind of a twofer. I'm just gonna kind of say, you know, both the twins, and it's kind of explained that she dated them at the same time. Yes. Just they didn't know that uh, the the one didn't know that the other one was dating her and everything, sort of thing. So they get into a huge battle, techno versus rock. It's pretty cool. And they basically are able to summon forth like avatars of like musical sound to battle yes. each other. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It, it's visually really cool and everything, and it's and it's, and it's a lot of fun. And it's completely different from the comic, so I, I'm just pointing that out real quick for a second. Well, and this is where Scott gets his extra life. Yes, in the in the movie, this is where Scott gets his extra life during mm-hmm. this battle and everything. But Ramona goes off with is seen there with Gideon and mm-hmm. goes off with him. Yes, and the band gets signed, by, but they but yeah. by Gideon, but they get but they drop Scott in the process. Right. And young Neil gets the who, who is a character that that's, that's kind of floated around in, in this yes. is is able to step up and it has been pointed out earlier in the movie that he does know all of Scott, Scott's parts. Right. Yes. So basically, Scott's kind of defeated. He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his band. And Wallace and him are kind of talking, and he sort of eggs Scott on to go. You know, 
have his final battle. So he has to go face Gideon, kind of have have his final battle with it's and it is to point out that Gideon is her final ex. Too. Right. And something interesting, a lot of the symbols for the for like the Chaos Theater and Gideon stuff is it's a G but it's turned, so it looks like if you turn it more, it looks like a seven. Mm-hmm. It's actually a seven like on its side. So so there's his reference. Also, you said the whole thing about stat boost. During the fight, he gets stat boost, and they're all derivatives of seven. I mean, they're they're all sp- times seven. So, so there's that for his little number thing. But um, so Scott goes to the Chaos Theater, basic basically to to fight and everything. And Sex Bombs there. And once again, Kim Kim Pines. I, I don't think we've we've discussed how just. I, I, I want to say a lot of her lines are just solid gold, just, just the way the, the actress did a lot of the stuff. Like, she's um, she's she's talking during it, and she's like, we're sex bomb and we're here to sell out and make money and everything. And if you notice, she's, like, scratching herself with her middle finger the right. entire time. So, and she, she has other stuff that, that she's done throughout the, throughout the movie that I, I really enjoyed. But then there's the whole fight between... Scott and Gideon and everything, and... And Knives shows up. Yeah, she does, but Scott dies mm-hmm. during the fight. But, because basically Gideon steals his power of, um, his power of love, because he, he's, he basically gets a power-up during it where he gets the sword, and it's the power of love, and he uses it to fight. Right. And he still gets defeated by Gideon, but then because he... Because he gets distracted mm-hmm. by talking to Knives... He's trying to stop the fight between Knives and Ramona. Yes. And Gideon gets him from behind. Yes. So I think that's important to point out because if we're going to talk about how he grows as a character. Bingo. So. So then going back, he it's pointed out that he has a second life. Also, there's a, there's a spot there where he's in subspace once right. again with Ramona and she kind of points out that she's under a mind control at the time. Right. That Gideon has her under mind control, so, so that's so that's pointed out there. So he goes. But it's funny and quirky the way it's like she's like I can't control myself around him, and you're thinking it's because <laughs> once, once again with Scott's him. not getting it. Right, right. <laughs> so he um he uses his extra life. He he uses his extra life, gets a multiplier bonus the entire time. Yes. Two goes in, and there's actually I'm pretty sure it's when he goes in the second time. You can actually hear somebody talking in the background saying, oh, yeah, I thought the comic was better than the movie. <laughs> and can I point out how funny the passwords were? To get yes, in? The, the passwords were pretty funny. The like, pfft. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Wasn't it, first one was like, whatever. And yeah. The second one was like, Ugh. it was great. I thought that was hilarious. But and then he gets he he goes in and he um. He, he comments on Sex Bob-omb first. He mm-hmm. apologizes to Kim for the yes. way he treated her. Right, which was he, healing. He points out to Stephen Stills um, that, that, you know, the band's better without him. And then comments to young Neil, but refers to him as just Neil. Yes. Which is like a, a big moment, because everyone always refers to him as young Neil. Right. So that so that's kind of, once again, he's, he's learned from his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to fight Gideon, and Gideon thinks that he's going to be fighting him for, you know, Ramona's love. And he goes, no, I'm fighting you because I don't like you. And then that's when well, Scott... Well, he's fighting for himself. Yeah. He, yes. He, he's like, I don't, I don't like you, and I want to put you in your place. And he earns the power of self-respect. Right. Which is apparently stronger than the power of love. <laughs> but, I guess, yes. But anyway, so, so the fight happens. Knives once again gets involved. But during it, Scott kind of points out, you know, hey, I was the one that, that was wrong in this situation. I cheated, situation. On, I both cheated on both of you. Yes. And the fight happens. They defeat Gideon and everything. So now let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So were you going to ask earlier, was that was that cheating? Like, what were you going to ask earlier? Because you were like, we'll talk about that later. Do you feel like he was really cheating on? Oh, I was just, I I think I was just referencing that we'll discuss, you know, Scott as a character later. But is it cheating? Yeah, he kind of did. It's. Uh, At least mentally. Yes, because he didn't really break up with knives. I don't. Right. He kind of just was like, we're we're done. I mean, he (laughs) he does break up with her, but after. 
he was already kind of emotionally vested with Ramona as well. And kind of with Ramona at yeah. that point. He he had already fought one of the ex exes too. Right, correct. So, so, so yeah, I would consider that and everything. Um but no, so that that whole fight happens and, and they all ha- kind of combine together. Yeah, they all kind of fight together and there's a reference back to the game that they that um that Scott and Knives played the ninja yes. game so, so mm-hmm. that, that that was a cool callback to that where they combo yes and they two defeat, player mode <laughs> and they defeat gideon he explodes into a ton of coins and everything but then someone else shows up nigga scott yes so it's basically the negative version of scott <laughs> and everyone leaves because they're like he's like you know i i got this and they're standing outside the chaos theater knives and ramona are right and Scott and Nega Scott kind of walk out, just chit-chatting and everything. And they're like, hey, we'll go get pancakes. And he's like, he's actually kind of a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. That was I, that was so funny to me. I I, th- I thought it was definitely amusing and everything. That, that this whole, you know, you thought there was going to be a bigger fight. And it's just, oh, it's, 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 it's nothing. Well, in the, I know, um, in the comic. I'll, I'll get to. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll have a longer diatribe at, at the end of this, I decided. Um, But, yeah, in the comic nega scott was first yes he so it was flip-flopped nega scott is encountered before right he has to go to the chaos theater um but the movie ends with basically him and ramona going off together there was actually an ending done where him and knives get back together instead because he kind of you know realizes that he has a better connection with her I just think it's interesting that they had that and that they did film and do both endings, but the one that everyone saw in the end. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, was Ni- the Ramona one? Knives versus Ramona. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of hard because in the movie, Ramona was kind of biachi. Yeah, I, I I can see that. I I mean, I was definitely. Throughout the movie, I was definitely pulling for knives more. Um, so I, I, I guess it's, but I feel like kind of, I feel like that the movie ending was perfect because mm-hmm. I feel like Scott and Ramona kind of deserve each other. Yeah, I, I if I, that I, makes sense. Like when when knives says at the end, "I'm too good for you," and I know she's. She's, you know, being lighthearted about yeah. it and, and everything. But I kind of feel like she is. I mean... Well, I mean, think about it. Ramona sort of didn't tell Scott, you know, that you're going to have to fight all my yeah. exes. Well, yeah, they both have and, you know, that Yeah, that's, that's kind of the movie is kind of their exes and, you know, all this stuff. If you want to get metaphorical about it is, is the baggage everyone brings into a relationship and yeah. must overcome to truly be... Right. To truly be technically, I guess, one in a relationship mm-hmm. is you have to sort of battle all the evil exes that, you right. know, exist in this person's life. So, so, so that's I, why I feel like they, they were good for each other because they both had their share. Of, yes. And, and Knives is more coming from the, the innocent side and, you know, hadn't really done anything bad to anybody. And so that's why yeah. I thought it was well done that those that you know scott and ramona ended up together now i could go into you know like i said a deeper dive into a ton of different stuff in the comics nega scott's existence is actually explained a lot better in the comics because he's sort of the negative um emotions of scott the entire time and all the people he sort of damaged i'm kind of summing this up real quick there's a lot more stuff with differences and you know how a lot of the battles take place there's a lot more character development with the with the sub characters young well i mean and that's possible when you have Yes. Multiple volumes to go yes. through and you a movie you've got to do it. Yes. It, now, here's the <laughs> so thing. Okay, let's concise. Now, if if I'm going to say this before we get into our sort of final verdict on this. Mm-hmm. If you would like us to do the comics, let us know. Yeah. We would love to do like a like an episode on each of them and everything cuz they they are really good and I they did They are very good. I I did enjoy Whatever, reading them. Yes. And everything, and I would love to talk about them more because I, I don't like doing the compare and contrast with the movie. I just wanted to point out certain little tidbits that are kind of interesting for it, kind of maybe entice some people to read the comic. Mm-hmm. But they are very different from each other, but they sort of have the same message at times and get the same point across. Right. Moving on from that, real quick. So, I guess our final verdicts on this 
did this movie work for you? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Um, for people that have read the books and watched the movie, um, I, I think it kind of works well for both. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, if you just watch the movie on its own, you've yeah. never read the books, you don't know anything about them, and just enjoy it as its own thing. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like I said, it's it's colorful, it's poppy, it's... it's um. It's a great referential. Yeah, it's a great reminiscing of of you know nostalgia, childhood games yeah. and and all that other stuff. The eight bit time period and everything. So just overall, the the movie by itself is is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, there might be a few generations that don't get it. Yeah. Um, I think the the younger generations now won't get as much out of it. Like, it's still a good standalone movie, but definitely people in the right age bracket would get more out of this. Just because, like you said, the nostalgic part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I absolutely love it. Definitely recommend checking this movie out. What about you? Well, I read the comics. And I'll, I'll admit, I watched the movie first. Mm-hmm. Then went back and read the comics in the intervening time between when I saw it in the theater and when I actually picked it up on DVD. I, I read all the comics and everything. And... To be honest, I thoroughly enjoyed the comics. Now, I want to point out, the movie does work, in my opinion, on its own. Mm-hmm. It works as its own thing. It's one of those things that, you know, yeah, you can sit there and pick apart it, but the movie, it doesn't cut anything out from the comics to make the movie not work, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain things that don't happen, but the all the main beats are there that need to be there. The comic is phenomenal. What I would like to see maybe one day is possibly like a TV miniseries to where you have one hour for each of the volumes and then a two-hour finale. If you want a more true interpretation of the comics since everything is now written and done instead of in the process. Um, Like I said, I think the movie works. I think it is definitely a cult classic. It is is something to where I actually have a ringtone on my phone. I do have the um, (laughs) 8-bit... 8-bit universal theme as a ringtone on my phone and i i thoroughly love the movie i love the comics i love everything that was done with this um so i just wanted to point out you know i i think it, it does work my only complaint is if i do ever want a more true version of the comic i don't think it should be like several movies it shouldn't be like a movie franchise it should be a tv sort of miniseries, I think would do it, would would work really well if they wanted to have a more true interpretation. Right. So yeah, but it is very pop culture. It's 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 Edgar Wright, who if you are familiar with that, he um he's done the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, uh at at the World's End, that stuff. So it, it's it's I think it works really well. He does he did a great job with this. And, of course, this movie wasn't, you know, the box office smash everyone thought it was going to be. But it did have a very huge, you know, uprising once it came to, you know, to home home video versions. Right. yeah. So, I just want to say, if you haven't seen this movie, definitely check it out. Especially if you're a fan of this podcast. Or watch it again. You'll probably yeah. see stuff that you missed the first yeah, time. Yeah, watch it again. Because it is, there is a lot of stuff that, that, that if you've read the comics or just, you know, us pointing out stuff like the, like, like the crater in the moon is something that I... I don't want to admit how many times watching it. It's just one time I just happened to notice it and went, wait a second. Right. Because they don't show the moon that often, but it's there enough to where you can catch it. Mm-hmm. So there's, like I said, there, there's a lot of great stuff. Pick up the comic, read that. Let us know if, we, if you want to hear more of that from us. Cause yeah, and the comic did start out black and white, but they have released yes, the color versions. They have released the colored version yes, of it. So, so if you want one that's... It's colored and everything. They would be. It's it's really cool. Like I said I definitely recommend it. But um, I guess um, we're gonna wrap up here with um, with our read this slash watch this mostly watch this for this month. <laughs> um, would you like to announce what our next month's one will be? Yes. Um, it's an oldie but goodie. All right. Uh, do you remember a series called The Umbrella Chronicle? Uh, do you remember a series called The Umbrella Academy? I know you've mentioned it several times. <laughs> I love it. Um, Gerard Way, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, My Chemical Romance lead singer. Yes. If that name does not ring a bell. And if it is ringing a bell and you're wondering who it is, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. He uh, actually does this. 
and um, it's the first in the series. There's there's a little bit more afterwards, but and he has done other stuff. But we're going to be focusing on the first volume of the Umbrella Academy. So I'm super excited about that. All right. Um. And once and and actually, here's a fun thing. I've never read a single issue of this, so I will actually be reading reading this for the first time. Ellie will be rereading it, and yes. we hope you will be reading along with us. So definitely check that out later in the month of June. As always, you can find us on SoundCloud, Tuned In, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. If it's on iTunes, definitely give us a five-star review. Or if there's yes. a way to review us on any of the other ones, review us there too. We greatly appreciate it. Um, you can, of course, also find us on... Facebook. Zingness. Yep. If you want to tweet at us. At Zingness. If you want to check out some photos and stuff we do, you can always go to... At Zingness Podcast. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you want to see us playing any games, you can go to twitch.tv slash Zygnus. Yes. And if you want to support us, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can go to Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Zygnus. And if you would like to email us directly, it is Zygnus at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Aaron for our sound effects, yes. and we would also like to give a shout out to DJ Golden Boy as he plays us out. 89. Yeah, DJ Golden Boy 89. <laughs>